Good morning to all of our ladies. We want to wish you a happy Daughter's Day before any of you were ever mothers, before you were ever brides. You were and you are a daughter of the Most High God. We thank you for joining us today. Uh, to all of our mothers, thank you for raising us and, and enduring us and not getting rid of us. Thank you to to my mama and to my mother-in-law who usually tune in and watch. And then also this morning with my new favorite mother. I mean, up to uh, nine and a half, almost ten years ago, my mother was my favorite mother. But then we had a child. And now my bride of three children, my favorite mother, has written a message today and put a message together. And so I wore my pink pinstripe shirt just to try to match the pretty prettiness of my bride today as she shares a message that really ties in to what we've been talking about in this series, There Is More. Last week we ended with the, the belief that faith is not finished. In fact, faith is still being built in you. Faith is still being built in us. Faith is still being built in our children and for some of you, your children's children. And for a very elite group of you, your children's children's children. We want to invest in you today because we believe that you are and there is hidden treasure within you and where you are. Absolutely. Today's message, we just want to share, you know, what God allows us to go through and what he can bring out of what he allows us to go through. Our opening scripture is in Isaiah 45, 3, and it says, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. That encourages me to know that God summons me by name, that he just wants to have an intimate relationship with me, and he knows me intimately, that he is writing my story, and I put all my trust in him, and he has good plans for me. So I wanted you to tell the story that you found, but you wanted me to tell the story. That, that was you, the plan for you, you to you tell found. the story. But it's your story. <laughs> And so I'm going to allow you to tell. But you're so much better with telling stories. You don't leave out any details. I'm going to mess it up. Okay, so if you, t you tell the story, and then if there's any issues with the story, I I'll be right there to support <laughs> you This is and not share. what we discussed, why you got to be difficult. <laughs> okay. Share the story. Okay, so I read this story a long time ago, and I'd forgotten about it, honestly. Um, it was a, a book written by Dr. Russell Conwell, and it's called Acres of Diamonds. It's based on a true story. It has an eternal lesson with a biblical principle that I believe that God wants to burn in our hearts this morning. And so it opened up with this story about a, a man in South Africa, a farmer, and he was working outside on his family's farm. And another gentleman passed by and he said, man, you sure are working so hard. Have you heard about the Moon Valley Diamond Mine? As hard as you're working out here, if you would go there and find just one diamond, that would set you up for the rest of your life. And he thought about it. He was like, hmm, okay. So he went, continued to work hard. He continued to work in his farm. But it began to keep him up at night. And he began to think about it, what that man had said. 
And he ended up selling his farm. He ended up moving his family to a smaller home. He went to India, where this diamond mine supposedly was. And he went on this journey in search of diamonds. And he, he ended up empty-handed. He went to Europe and some other diamond mines that he heard about. And again, he ended up empty-handed. Fast forward, let's go back to the farmer that bought the land from the first farmer. He's working hard on, in the land. And he begins to find these big, ugly rocks. They're, not, they're, they're in the way. He's mad. He's like, I can't believe the other farmer left these rocks. It's making it really hard for me to get the land ready for the crops. And so he's just piling them up in a pile. And he finds one. And as the light hits it, it has a rainbow. And he's like, ooh, this was a nice one. I'm going to keep this one. So he puts it on the mantle in his house. And a couple days later, he has a friend come over, and the friend says, dude, where did you find that? He said, um, I have about 100 of them, maybe 1,000 out in my farm. They're a nuisance. I'm trying to get rid of them. He was like, man, that looks like a diamond in the rough. You need to go get that checked out. So sure enough, he went. He got it looked at. And in the 1800s, the story was written in the, or the, story was in the 1800s, it was worth $20,000. And this diamond mine is famous even today in South Africa, and it's known for its precious diamonds all around the world. So I want you to get this, that there is worth right where you are. Even if you can't see it, even if you don't know that it's there, if God, if God has you there, if you're in God's will, there is worth where you are. I'm trying to earn brownie points this Mother's Day, not just with my mother, but with my bride. I, I feel like that I was like the big ugly rock in the story, and you were like the rainbow that when the light hits, everybody else, everybody else sees. The point of the story is that number one, there, there's worth where you are, and and I really believe that this was prophetic for me as we were writing this message, even um, reviewing over this message. I wanted to just prophetically speak into some of you that you are the worth where you are. Yeah. And in other words, if if you were not in your home, your home would not be as valuable as it is. Yeah. That if you were not in your office, your office would not be as valuable. If you were not in your marriage, your marriage would not be as valuable. If you were not in the lives of your children, then the lives and your children's children if it weren't for you, the value of everything and everybody around you would be lessened. But because you're there, there is worth where you are. That first farmer in this story was so focused on what he didn't have that he was uninformed on what he did. He was so focused on what he couldn't see, on what he wasn't able to accomplish, on, on, on what he wanted that wasn't currently in his possession that he didn't even take the time to discover what it was that was valuable right where he was. He gave up on his land and he went on this search. He never understood that everything he was searching for and looking for, he actually had all along. It was right there. He was living on acres of diamonds. We want to encourage you today, don't live your life through other people's filters. Don't live your life through other people's stories. Don't live your life through other people's family pics. We, so often we look at other people's 
unfiltered view. We don't see what we should see. We see what they want us to see. We live our lives through other people, and you've heard this before perhaps, but it it could be even worse right now because we're all spending so much more time uh, on screens and in, in front of televisions and possibly on our phone or our devices. And some of that is good time, like you're watching this right now on that device. But the tendency is to, to watch that Facebook highlight reel or to watch that Instagram feed that follows other people. And you look and you compare your reality to other people's filtered reality and you get to see what they want you to see and you look at a relationship and you go oh man hashtag goals but what you don't know is that we may sit up here look like hashtag goals right now but you weren't there in the front yard on Thursday when we were trying to go over this message and our kids kept running out and telling on one another and we were getting in a fight because we couldn't decide who wanted to say what when and how You see the finished product. And listen, God has a finished product for you. God has a finished product for your life. It was a teachable moment. I want you to share the teachable moment. We'll we'll try to protect the innocent because they're children and they're innocent. Thanks for the reminder because I sure enough was about to say. The name. Their name. Yeah. (laughs) So we have a child and she. We just limited it to two. (laughs) (laughs) she is our saver okay she still has money from two years ago and and she keeps it in a little can in her room and through this quarantine she has begun to want to spend some of that money which I'm I'm sure some of you have done the same you get bored and you start spending money well she's been going through these little phases where first it was a puppy if you just get me a puppy This is where I jump in and correct the story. At first, it was a house. It was a new house. (laughs) Because she wanted her own room. (laughs) She She wants her own room. And a yard. Yes. So she was looking at houses. Okay, we... Incessantly. Obsessively. Then it was puppies. (laughs) Then it was puppies. If I could just have this puppy. Oh, I want this puppy. And I want to hold it. I can't hold Shep. I want a puppy. Stay small. (laughs) (laughs) So then we had to nip that. Well, then it was a trampoline. Well, then we went outside. I measured it. Adeline, we cannot fit a trampoline in our backyard. But if I just had a trampoline, I wouldn't be bored anymore. Mm. And so it was just one thing after another. And then her daddy came in. Man, if I just had this, then I would be happy. If I just had this, then I would be happy. I want you to remember this. Comparison can kill your calling. Comparison can kill what you were created for. Comparison can rob your joy in where God has you and who God created you to be. This happens across the board. It happens to pastors. It happens to lay leaders. It happens to entire churches. It's so easy to do. Now listen, I'm not talking about healthy comparisons like you, you are looking at someone that you are aspiring to grow into and you're comparing where you are currently to where you want to be. Those could be healthy comparisons that would uh, be teachable moments from you for you that would inspire you to new levels and inspire you to new things. I'm talking about you watching something from somebody else and going, man, if I only had their marriage or, God forbid, if I only had their husband, if I had 
their love, if I had that house, if I had that job, if, if, I, if I had her as a wife, man, I would always, if I had money like, if I had a job or a business like, look, when, when you have a personal, personal relationship with God and the people that he has put in your life, in the place that he has positioned you in life, you can begin in that place to discover that knowing Jesus is the hidden treasure above all. That being a daughter of God, being a son of God, and being an heir to the king is full and filled with acres of diamonds for your life, no matter who or where you may exist alongside. One of our sweet senior saints, she called me last week. She said, Megan, I have, I have to share something with you. And she said, God just gave me just fresh revelation. And not everybody's going to understand this. So I just wanted to be careful who I shared it with. And um, I said, okay, I, I want to know. I, I'm, I'm hanging on, you know, the side. I want to hear. And she said, you know, I have seen my pain as a thorn in my side. This lady deals with pain. She can, she's basically homebound. And um, she's not able to do the things that she used to be able to do. She's not able to attend church. Um, even before all this happened, she wasn't able to attend church. She's not able to do just the regular everyday things without help. And so she said, I, I saw my pain as a thorn, and I would pray, God, why? Why won't you heal me? Why do I have this pain? And she said, Megan, um, I just I, I hear that still st small voice and it's like the Lord just removed the veil, and I'm beginning to see that my pain is a gift because I am completely and fully reliant on him each and every day. And she said, it's like the Lord showed me an eternal perspective rather than the temporary perspective that I was living in. She said, I've been to so many healing altars, and I've been praying for my healing. Lord, why won't you heal me? And the Lord showed me this. And he said, I want to read it because how she said it was the best. I realized I was seeking healing over the healer. Mm. I was seeking what God could do for me rather than who he is. There is worth where you are. I, I, I wish sometimes that my children could see themselves the way that I see them. I wish that Adeline, Emery, and Gabriel could see from my perspective. I believe that God does that to me as a son, as, as a husband, as a father, certainly as, as a pastor, as a leader, um, as a friend and a family member. God wants me to see from his perspective. We're always looking for for that, that next monumental moment. You know, man, I can't wait to get back. And, and sometimes we even sound like the Israelites delivered from mm. Egypt. Man, I just, I wish I could. We should just go back to this wilderness isn't worth it. This, this work isn't worth it. This effort and energy, it's, it's, it's not reaping the reward that we expected it to. And so instead of arriving in the places that God has for us, we wander around in circles. And the reason that we we wander around in circles is because we start to go forward, but then we begin to look back, and then we start to go forward, and we begin to look back, and we're always looking for that next monumental moment when God is looking to mold us 
between those moments. His desire is to mold us back into his image and likeness. His desire is to create in us a pure heart right where we are. The enemy wants us to focus on what's not or what's next. As if what we do not have is the answer if we just had that. Or where we're going is when we will be happy. He wants to rob every ounce of joy where we are with the people and the things that we have currently. He wants us to think, man, there's something else out there in the world. There's something else to be offered. Man, God's blessing is is right on the other side. If I can just, then I will be able to. If you're raising teenagers or your children are falling away and and you've planted those seeds. If you're in a a place in your life when, when you feel like your marriage is not what it used to be or not what it's supposed to be. The enemy wants you to focus on all the things that are not or that could be next. And God wants you to find worth where you are now. Number two, we want you to see What pressure produces. Psalm 119 verse 18. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Open my eyes, Lord, to see the wonderful truth. To see what pressure produces. You know, when when we allow God to open our eyes, when we say, Lord, help me to see this situation the way that you see it. Mm. Help me to see others the way that you see them. It's when we do that that he will give us an eternal perspective, not that temporary how I feel right now perspective. So let's consider diamonds. We're talking about diamonds. Let's consider how they're formed. We can learn so much just from studying a diamond. Diamonds are the hardest known natural in the world. I was telling this to Adeline. She was like, natural? What do you mean? And I said, well, it's, it's formed under the ground. It's God created. It can only be formed through God's creation. Now, I realize they can be formed in a lab, but they're not considered as valuable because they're harder to come, come by synthetic. under the ground. Yes, they're synthetic. So um, the way it is formed is through intense heat. It ends up like an ugly, like we said, coal carbon piece. And what happens is it goes under intense heat and pressure, and the atoms in the carbon bond producing are making the diamond. And eventually, they say it takes billions of years. Um, I don't know how they would be able to say how long it takes. I don't know. But they say it takes billions of years to form a diamond. And then eventually, when change happens in the Earth's mantle, they rise up to the surface, and that's how we're able to find them, and that's how they are created. The word diamond comes from the Greek word atomus. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Is that right, atomus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which translated means unconquerable, unalterable, unbreakable, and unattainable. A diamond is nothing more than a clump of coal carbon that refused to give in to pressure. Mm. So if you are feeling like you have pressure weighing on your shoulders, just know that God can use that pressure and he's going to produce something in you that you didn't know that was even in you. You may be walking through something that will release freedom for someone else in the future. 
You may be having pressure on you. You may be having pain. You may be walking through something, and God is ready to position you for your purpose. And so I'm saying just stay right where you are, positioned right where God has you, because he is going to use the heat, he is going to use the pressure, and he is going to do something new in you. So do not grow weary. Just lean into him. Anything worth building or having will undergo pressure. When you finally emerge from the darkest and, and the most crushing, the most heartbreaking, the, the most painful, those are the moments that you become the strongest in Christ. Those are the moments that your light shines the brightest before men. Remember, we are looking to see what God through pressure, what God through pressure. What a better time to talk about what God can create through pressure. The pressure of economy, the pressure of our comfort zone being just essentially destroyed. The, the pressure of our, our daily routine and, and everything that we were finding substance and security in being at least wavering if not completely washed away. Not looking to the next moment but looking to God right now. We see a biblical example in Genesis chapter 13. It's the story of, of Abraham and Lot. Lot, um, being the nephew of Abraham, was really just an heir to everything that Abraham had because Abraham had great flocks and, and, and herds and, and, a, and a, a lot of possessions according to biblical times. Lot also had all of these things. And the Bible says that, that the shepherds and the herders of Lot began to fight with the herders of Abraham. And, and so Abraham goes to Lot. Abraham is the elder um, Abraham is the reason that Lot has the things that he has. Abraham goes to Lot and he basically says, Hey, look, there's, there's too much land for us to be right here fighting with one another. There's too much for all of us for us to stay right here and fight over this small portion. So Abraham tells Lot, Look, you look around and if you turn to the right, I'll go to the left. And if you turn to the left, I'll go to the right. And so Lot goes and he looks and he sees this land that is beautiful. It's developed. It's towards Sodom and Gomorrah. It's towards Las Vegas. It's towards the best that the world has to offer. It's towards the big city. It's towards the big thing. It's towards the monumental place where everybody already has anything and everything that anybody could ever want. And the Bible says that Lot saw that place and he chose that land and he pitched his tent in the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham was left with this wilderness piece of property. But it was in that wilderness that Abraham would pick up the sand. And God said, if you see that sand, then your descendants will multiply beyond the grains of that sand. If you look up into the heavens and see the stars, so shall your descendants be. Abraham found the promise of God by staying in the place of God. Not thinking that it was somewhere out there, but it was right where he was. That he was able to see what God produced through the pressure of tilling that land and working that land. Lot sold everything he had. 
in search of those diamonds. He lost everything he had in search of those diamonds. He thought, man, the blessing is probably out there. It's, it's over the horizon. He lost his wife. He lost everything that he had was consumed by fire. He ended up in so much sin that he, became, he began to have relations with his own daughters in, in ungodly and unholy ways. The purpose of today's statement is that we are to look to God where we are. And see what God produces through the pressure. Abraham did the exact opposite. He found what God had for him right where he was. He stayed. And he stood the course of time. And in that time he made some mistakes. We're not telling the whole story of Abraham right now. But eventually and ultimately we, the Bible says, here 2,000 Years later, after Jesus, we are, are joint heirs in the promise of Abraham that took place because he was willing to stay. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 24 says, Sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom, but a fool's eyes wander, a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. So let's not be like Lot or the first farmer. Let, never realizing that they were living in acres of diamonds, that yes. it was right there under their nose. If they just would have known, God, I know I'm in your will. I'm going to stay right here because I trust you. So obviously, y'all know I like stories. I'm going to tell you our last point. It's gonna, we're going to wrap it up. It's, you're not gonna, it's not going to make sense right at first. Yeah, you got to hang on. But it will towards the end. Number three is let down your bucket. Let down your bucket. Mm. So there were these sailors, and they had been traveling for months, and um, they were hundreds of miles away from any land, and they had run out of water and food. And it was by the third day, and they said, we're going to die out here. And um, eventually, they saw a ship, which was a miracle all, on its, all in itself, because they had not seen another ship in months. And so they said, this is our only hope. Let's send them a message. Send them a text message or an email. <laughs> no, that's not what they did. They had to signal them some way. I'm not really sure how, like, like flags or what. I don't know. But uh, they sent a message and said, we are out of food and water. We are dying of thirst. Please send help. So the other ship sent back uh, a message, and he said, and it said, let down your bucket. And they were so confused. I said, they, something must have got lost in translation. You need to do the little flag thing again, whatever. They sent the message again. And the, the boat said, let down your bucket. And so the captain came and he said, okay, you know what? We have nothing to lose. Let's do what they said. Let down the bucket. So they brought the bucket back up. And they, they were so surprised because they just thought it was going to be salt water. But it was fresh, cold water. What they didn't know is that they are at the point in the Atlantic Ocean where the Amazon River was flowing through. And the Amazon River is so strong that it pushes down the salt water. So on the top is all fresh water. And the other ship knew that. So these men were dying of thirst and all they had to do was let down their bucket. They were so focused on only what they could see or what mm. they felt that all they had to do was let down their bucket. Our hope for you this Mother's Day, our hope for you 
during this season of what the world is referring to as a pandemic. And, and the only hope we have is to come out of the other side and get back to normal. Wherever you are, our hope for you is that you would discover the treasure where you are. We still believe that Jesus is the living water. That he is the one that if we will let down our... I was looking at this diamond earlier and I was like, man, I wish this were real. Because man, all of my stress and all of my strain and, and all of the pressure of this life, it would all be just over in an instant. No, the truth is that if, if this were real and I had this, then I would just have new pressure. I would just have new strain. The temporary life that we're living would still be the same. And I would still need to, on a daily basis, let down my bucket. See, God saw you as so valuable. He saw me and us as so valuable. He saw your family and your children, your personal relationship with Him as so valuable that He sent heaven's treasure down to plow the field of souls and to pay the price of all the unknown. The, the things that we haven't even done yet, Jesus has already paid for. And all he wants us to do is let down our bucket. All he wants us to do is believe enough in him that he and his spirit could be our strength. And that we would recognize him and that we would become joint heirs with Jesus. Listen to me, your trials, they don't define you. Your trials can refine you. Your problems and your pressure are not going to take you out. Your problems and the pressure of this life, when you lean into Jesus, he will become the potter and you will become the clay. And what will be created on the other side is going to be way better than what it would have been had you never had to go through the pressure that you're currently in. Pressure can produce. There's value where you are. You are the worth and you are the treasure because you lean into Him. Heaven's true, even sometimes at this moment, hidden treasure. What you need is not in your next season. What you need is not in somebody else's success. What you need is not going to be found in all of the if I could just of this life. Hey, let down your bucket. Let down your bucket. And let Jesus fill you this Mother's Day. Let Jesus fill you this weekend. Let Him wash your sin white as snow. Let Him fill you with His Spirit and strengthen you during this time. He is the living water. He is the breath of fresh air that you've been looking for. And we believe that if you will surrender to Him and continue surrendering to Him, then you can discover and you can become the hidden treasure that He has for you. We want to pray over you today. I want to first invite anybody right now who has not made Jesus Lord of their lives. If you need to ask for forgiveness over any area of your life, right now, I want to invite you to lean into Him and simply ask Him, Father, forgive me where I've fallen short. God, forgive me for the sin in my life that separates me from You. 
Forgive me for losing my temper this week. Forgive me for the things that I've thought and the things that I've done and the things that I've said. I believe that you are the living water. I believe that you gave your life so that I could live, so that you were resurrected from the dead, so that I could be made new. I confess you as Lord. Be my Savior. Be my King. And make me an heir just like you. In Jesus' name. If you're watching this this weekend, if we can do anything for you as a church, we want to be a blessing to you. We've got something special planned for our ladies when we come back. We've got a gift for you. Um, we've got some things that we'll do for our single mothers and our widows. And hey, don't forget, tomorrow we're going to have our drive through for a food distribution specifically geared towards those who are at risk during this time, those who are immune deficient at this time, who maybe can't get out and shop for themselves. Those are the people that we want to do our best to minister to. We love you and we appreciate you and we're so glad that you joined us today. God bless you and have a happy Mother's Day.